Good afternoon. Welcome to the Miko One Show. I'm your host, Cricket. I have a guest today. Her name is Pastor Vicki Taylor Samuels. Let's welcome Pastor Vicki. Thank you. I'm so excited. Amen. Thank you for so much for taking out the time to be with us. It's Definitely. truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. Definitely. I, I want to get started out with the mission, mission and vision statement with the word of Grace Church. Started okay. by Pastor, your father, Pastor yes. Marshall Taylor. Yes. Yes, he did start that work and he started it late in life uh, because he traveled uh, the country, in and out of the country for over 60 years evangelizing. And literally in his mid-70s, he started this ministry. And I was like, dude, are you serious right now? There's only one Abraham. So you better make sure you call the guy because I ain't fixing to be fooling with that at your mid-70s. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it was God. What can I say? And when he passed, you took over as being the pastor. What do it mean to you carrying the mantle of your father? So I'm a little different with that. You know, um, as we kind of briefly discussed, uh, the mantle is given by God. And I understand the mantle in the story uh, in the Old Testament between Elijah and Elijah, but uh, Elijah and Elijah, but that was under the Old Covenant. So under the Old Covenant of the law, things were done differently. And in the Old Testament, it speaks symbolically of what happens under grace in the new testament so under the law the way that the anointing was passed down god chose various ways sometimes he did it through an individual and sometimes he did it just coming directly from him under grace we receive all of our spiritual blessings as ephesians 1 and 3 says from god all of our spiritual blessings so having said that in the minds of people from the natural they would use that language of how does it feel to carry the mantle of your father? Well, my father's mantle was given by God for him and for his season, and he has to stand before God for that mantle. The only thing now that I'm doing is carrying forth the mantle that God has given me, and that is for my season and for me to stand before God for my works, because my father can't stand before God for my works as I can't stand before God for his works. What I do thank God for is the fact that God used him to lay that foundation for me to continue to build upon the foundation that was already laid by God through him. That Amen. is that. Amen. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. You were, okay. At nine years old, you was baptized. At 12 years old, you was filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Tell us about the experience, because once you was baptized, you made an announcement to the public, I have received Jesus as my personal Savior. And yes. then you experienced the Holy Ghost being filled at 12. Okay. So Give me one second. I don't need three more minutes. We always ask for three more minutes. That was my dad saying, give me three more minutes. But I want to digress and make sure I make this clear about that anointing passing. And then I'm going to come to that question if you don't mind. I wanted to finish saying in answer to the mantle. In the Old Testament, like I said, the manifestation of power was given through various ways. But now we get it directly from God. That's why he said, I have anointed you to preach the gospel. He didn't say, I anointed you through somebody. 
of your family or friends. He anointed us himself. Okay, having said that, uh, in answer to your question, how does it feel to be baptized at the age of nine? Was that the question? How do you, how was it, he was baptized at the age of nine, but at yeah. 12, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Tell us yeah. that experience. Oh man, it was, uh, okay, back in the day, you had to stay, you know, you had to kneel at the altar and holla, 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 holla. And girl, I was holla, 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 holla. And I'm telling you, you know, we had the spit coming out and all of that and crying and it was just wonderful. I mean, after all of that, you know, and everybody hollering in your ear, praise them, that's it, that's it, that's it. At some point you have to block that out. And it was just joy. It was joy, it was new, it was fresh. It's really inexplainable because it's a power that overpowers you. It's a, it's a, it's a connection, a supernatural connection that you feel from God that you really know this gotta be God because I'm saying something that I ordinarily wouldn't be able say and that was a heavenly language so it was it was exquisite it was powerful it was just powerful hey it was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious okay that <laughs> i remember back in school and used to mess that up i had a um <laughs> a stuffed animal that used to train me to say that mm -hmm. oh, Lord. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, that's my word. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Because there is no word to describe to describe the Holy Ghost when you receive it, and then how it begins to teach you throughout the rest of your life. It's a power like none other. One of the um, I read your bio from online, yeah. and your grandfather. When you went to your grandfather, I want to know what age did you ask your grandfather to anoint your hands? to play, to become a musician? At the age of nine. You did get a lot at that bio, really. You, you, you were really going through that little bio. <laughs> at the age of nine, we were in service, and, and week after week after week after week, I always wanted to play the organ and the piano. My aunt was the organist, so I only had, you know, option in my mind, can only do the piano, because I can't take my aunt off the organ, surely can't do that. So God blessed me to play the piano. So one day after service, I was just, you know, the Holy Ghost moved upon me. It had to be God. And I just walked up to him and said, Granddaddy, will you pray for my hands? I really want to play the piano. And he did. And he said, now go over there and play for service. I said, but I can't play. He said, but you just asked me to anoint your hands. He said, God is able to do anything. Girl went over there and pick peck, pick peck in the first service and actually established just a couple of chords, nothing, you know, major. But next thing you know, seriously. God had just continued to add unto me, and I played by ear for about one year before, almost a year before I took lessons. I just learned on my own. God just, he literally anointed me. It really was an anointing. And then I took lessons. And I took lessons by a wonderful, wonderful man who I love dearly to this day. His name is El, uh, Irvin Williams. He was from Greater Grace Temple, and he is the father of Michael Williams, who plays for commission, the drums. Yeah. Mm. So that's how that happened. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> then didn't so you became the choir director and started writing songs. Did any of your songs get published? Or did anyone use any of your music? That's a really good question. What happened was I did copyright a lot of the songs and I was asked to give uh, some of my songs to other artists, but I have not done that. 
I didn't feel led to do that. I felt like, hey, God gave me these songs and I'm going to sing these songs. Me and my group go sing these songs. I had no idea that God was going to put me in ministry as a preacher pastor because at that time I wasn't a preacher or pastor. So the only thing that got done was uh, some jingles. I did some jingles that I created along with some other uh, people. And one was Fred Hammond, our cousin. We did some jingles for Kmart and some other things. So that's just one of the things we did. So I did a lot of traveling in music, but never actually turned the music over for it to be, you know, sung by other people. No. I have to ask this question because as you've been a musician and now a pastor, that's an incredible transition. Tell us yeah. that experience of being a musician and then transitioning to a pastor teacher. So it was, a, it, it is a big difference from the standpoint as a musician, you're sitting quiet <laughs> and you're just playing. And so, you know, whatever thoughts and opinions and whatever decisions or whatever your outlook is, perception, you know, viewpoint, call it what you want, uh, you don't have to express it. People will never know it unless you show it by your body language and your face, your facial expression. So, uh, yeah, so you were in and out. You know what I mean? You go in, you play, you leave. But now with the, and you didn't really, you had to practice, you know, material. However, when you are blessed to play by ear, some, you know, a lot of times I didn't have to practice, practice like a person that doesn't have an ear. Because when you play by ear, that means you hear it, you play it, and you go. It's like, just like that. With becoming a preacher, uh, that's a serious thing. Because now you are responsible for what's coming out of your mouth. Now your expression, your thoughts, your responses, your perception, your outlook, all of that's going to come out. And so you want it to be where it's all of God. Therefore, where the music did, did require some practice, but for me being able to play by ear, not that much. Now I had to really study. So it's not that I practice God's word. I practice it in, a, in application to my life. But the study, hours and hours and hours of study, not 15 minutes when I, before I got a minister, not five minutes before I got a minister. No, I study every day. It's a constant study. It's a constant prayer life. It's a constant uh, perception of what God expects from me in his word. And so therefore, it is truly presenting your body a living sacrifice. I mean, truly. Like burning everything you that's not acceptable to God in your life. The ministry becomes you. You become the ministry. It really becomes you because you know this now, God is, he ain't playing with you because you could play that music and say nothing. And you know, a lot of musicians would play secular music mixed with gospel. Listen, you can't mix, you can mix lies with gospel, but you got to answer to, to God on that. And you have to answer to the music, but it's something about that word because the Bible says it's not what goes in your mouth, it's what comes out. Because whatever comes out is what's established in your heart. And so, yeah, that transition is serious. Because the call of ministry is here. You're responsible for not only yourself, but you are responsible for the souls of people that are listening to you whenever you open your mouth and watching you as you live your life. Amen. Amen. 
Oh my God, let's talk about one of my favorite ministries that, that God has ordained in your belly, salt. Sisters abiding in love. Bless you. Bless you. Yes. My first time coming to the conference. I'm telling you, I can't wait till this pandemic is over because we did not leave the same way we came in. And I remember I wanted to record and you're like, Estelle, you can't record. And then yeah. when I came back, everybody, did you record? I said, she told me I couldn't, but I wanted to sneak in the balcony and record it and be so disobedient. Then God said, you heard what the woman of God said. So I sat down and enjoyed and the Holy Ghost moved mightily. So I said, next time you just got to come. But just tell us about the inspiration and the mission and vision statement of SALT. Man, let me say this. I am just humbly, humbly grateful. Like I feel like crying because of how you said that. I didn't expect for you to put that, you know, one of my favorite and how you love it and how you came. I didn't expect that. I didn't know you were going to go into that. So I'm humbly grateful because that is another door witness that God does not leave himself without a witness when he calls you to do something. And so that just came about. God just put that in my spirit. And I was talking to some of my friends and um, Pastor Margaret Campbell, I don't know if you know her, but she came, her and I met each other. The Lord brought us together. And who would know that we had the same like minds, the same like, you know, call on our life. And so we talked about this and then the Lord provided the platform. And so the platform and the provision, rather the platform and the call or the call and the platform was to do this, to not just be inspirational spiritually, but we needed to be inspirational naturally because everybody you speak to is not saved. So you're always speaking and walking among what's called a mixed multitude of people. And so if you're so spiritual that you can't be of no earthly good, your witness is pretty much, you know, probably in vain or loss or something in the shuffle. And I always believe from the call of God on my life that if you're going to touch somebody, you've got to come from heaven down to earth. You can't be in heaven all day. You just can't be hicking under my shot all day. You got to come down, you got to drink some Kool-Aid, you got to drink some, you know, strawberry pop. You got to, you know, you got to get, if people want to use the term dirty, you got to do that. So our mission was to go beyond inspiration and encouragement to saints. You are already a saint. Why do I need to encourage you all the time? David said, encourage yourself. I need to go out there and get the other people. Not only did we want to do that, but we wanted to tap into areas and tap into things that other people maybe hadn't thought about. Some things I'm not able to share that we're gonna be doing, but there's one specific area that many people are doing, but not in the church circle. I haven't heard it yet in the church circles. So the Lord has, is leading us to that and opening some doors. Some other things we wanted to do is what others do, but we wanted to make that sought uh, social media ministry a, a real touch to people. We wanted to really reach them. So we needed to go into, you know, prisons too. We also needed to baptize, put our hands on the prisoners. We needed to shake hands with them. We needed to pray. We needed them to fill us and we filled them. And we needed to show them uh, the love that we have for them 
from Christ and from us. And then we needed to give them the message of Christ. Then we needed to go in the soup homes and, and feed them. Then we needed to go to other countries. We literally have gone out of the country to feed and to witness to people in the streets of Barbados and in the streets of Bahamas. And we have just gone and taken food and taken clothing. I mean, salt does a lot that still people don't even know. And so when this pandemic came along, it all, it all fit into what God has called us to do. Let's go feed the frontliners because you know what? It could be you or I. In fact, you are a frontliner, you know? And so we think about that. So SALT's mission is pretty big. It's to spread the gospel, but it's to spread the gospel the way Jesus did in the gospels and in the acts. He walked among the people. He didn't elevate himself above them. He didn't try to be, you know, better than them. No, he showed them, I'm just like you. That's why he said, I have touched all of your infirmities. I know exactly what you're feeling. And so though I haven't had the experience of everybody I may touch, I want them to know that your experience means me, means something to me. Your experience touched me. And this is the way it touched me, the way I'm going to respond to you in the love that God has put in my heart for you to help you any way I can. What is my greatest mission? That you be saved. But if you don't be saved, at least plant that seed. That's what salt is about. We are the salt of the earth. You got to plant it. My, my, my. my mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Mm. That's what the Lord told us. We are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savior, savor, where is the power? And so we plant. You don't force people into salvation. God said they can't come unless I draw them. And so our mission was to preach and teach. And that's what we do. We preach and teach. We don't try to force. We don't try to, you know, act like we're so spiritual that we can't receive a joke. You know what I mean? We can laugh. We cry. We, we, are, we get depressed, too. We get down, too. And I think it's time out for saints to stop making people feel that we don't feel the infirmities. We feel them. Listen, people have been killed in my family. People have lost lives and, and gone through divorces and, you know, homosexuality. Listen, it's in my family. So we cannot possibly walk around and think that we are better than people. What did the Bible say? He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so that's what salt is about. We're not trying to cast no stones. We're trying to collect more stones and add to the body of Christ as God allows us to through his witness in us. That's what we're about. Wow. And did you ask about the symposium? <laughs> no, I did not. You got to send me the flyer on the symposium in the name of Jesus. Yes. I can't wait till we come back together. The symposium if I may say real quickly, I know I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, I'm like, take your time with it. You okay. got time. Okay. So the symposium, it was another arm that God led us to because so many people began to respond to us and tell us that we were blessing them. Let me back up a minute. When we started SALT as a social media entity only, within less than a week, we had over 2,000 women that joined the group in less than a week, in less than a week. And so we were with another entity at the time who could not ever grow the Michigan area. They called it the Michigan chapter of another group. And so it wasn't salt, it was another group. The Lord moved us out of that particular group 
because that group had come up to 4,000 people with salt within, I think it was like a month and a half. All right. This company, this, this company could not grow anybody. When we moved from that entity to our entity as salt, we shot up to over 4,500 people in less than two weeks, over wow. 4,500. And it wasn't everybody that was joining us in the other group. These were all new people coming in. So now the chapter is over 7,000 at one point. And I don't know, something happened with Facebook because we were over 7,000 like in two years. And so at this point, we should have been at 14,000, but it looks like Facebook, I don't know what happened, but a lot of people, Facebook did some kind of revamping and it knocked out a lot of people. But what happened is people started responding. Oh, we love this group. We love it. Blessing us. And please keep doing what you're doing. And we would love to meet you. So now you have the birth of the symposium. The symposium comes in so that we can meet some of the people, so that we can touch them. Those that are part of the social media group and just see us on the screen, they don't live here, but they want to come in and they want to meet us and we want to meet them. So now we have this salt thing, this symposium, and we wanted it to be a different name. So God gave us the name symposium. We didn't want it to be an ordinary conference. So what does God do? He says, I'm going to give you visions. I'm going to give you my word in a vision, and then I'm going to have you to act it out. And it's not going to be the same every time. So when people come, they're going to experience God on different levels. They're going to come thinking they're going to get their ordinary, you know, devotion and prayer. We're going to open up with the Bible scripture and we're going to do this and this and this. You know yourself, it was completely different. And each year you come, it's completely different. It's never the same vision worked out in a skit. It's never the same songs. It's never the same people. It's always something different. And there is a move of God that's like none other. So it's been, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. This is the first year we're going to do it virtually. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Definitely yeah. give information on that so we can spread the news. I will. Thank you for asking. And beautiful. Um, in closing, Yes. Not only that you're a pastor, but you're a female pastor. And give us a word of inspiration for people that's doing ministry, period. My word of inspiration comes strictly from the Bible. Be instant in season and out. Rebuke, reprove, chastise. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what it does. It corrects us. It rebukes us. It chastises us. And the greatest thing is that it saves us. And so it becomes matters of a person's heart that needs to be dealt with. And only God can do that. So my inspiration is to continue the journey of giving authentic gospel. Don't mix it with a little bit of this and a little bit of that because we don't need all the extras. You can't add nor take away from God. You can't help God out. Just tell the people what the word says and believe me, everything else will fall in place. When you try to add your conviction and your opinion and your whatever, no, you can't please everybody. And everybody says, well, you should have said this, you should have said that, How, what about this? What about, you know what, y'all didn't even talk about the politics. Y'all didn't talk about the socialism. Y'all didn't talk, no, I talked about Jesus. Because when you talk about Jesus, he takes care of all of that. And that's why when you go witness for the kingdom, he said, teach and preach, my gospel. Go tell them about me because everything in this book is concerning me. Not your clothes, not your materialistic things. It's concerning me. So keep it simple. 
and saved. K-I-S-S. <laughs> and saved. <laughs> That's my word. <laughs> I gotta ask one more question. Out of yeah. all the Bibles, all the books in the Bibles, which one is your favorite and why? So all of them. However, <laughs> Ephesians 2 and 8 and Ephesians 1 and 3. First, Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, past tense, with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. A comforting thing because it tells me to eulogize God. Bless God. That means to praise him, exalt him for the things that he has done. Speak well of the God that has saved me and given me everything I need spiritually to maintain on this earthly in this earthly world and to do it in balance. The second one is, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself is the gift of God. That is Ephesians 2 and 8. When I read that scripture and goes along with Ephesians 3, I can't help but be in a radical intoxicated praise because I realize that the greatest spiritual blessing is grace. Without grace, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Without grace and mercy, you and I wouldn't be here. Without grace and mercy, there would be nobody. But thank God that we are saved by grace because he looked down upon us and said, okay, y'all need some help. Y'all Ray Ray and TT now, I got to get y'all straight. I got to change your name. And the way I'm going to do that is by changing your heart by grace. That's my story. <laughs> so I want to say thank you again for just being with us, taking the time out with us. I just want to close in prayer, if that's okay. Yes. Father God, right now, we say thank you. We honor you. We give you the praise. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on Father God. We thank you for the grace and mercy, Father God. We thank yes. you for the mighty woman of God that you have created a warrior, Father God. We thank you for the belt of righteousness, the peace of shoe. The shoe of peace, Father God, continue to anoint her, Father God, continue to allow her to have visions, not only in the daytime, but in her dreams, Father God, P continue to provide provision for her. We thank you for the helmet of salvation that you have placed on her head, Father God. She don't take it lightly, Father God, and the faith. Her shield of faith, Father God, because she can step out of faith. And that sword that you have given her, Father God, she stands on your word and allow the anointing to just to be passed down. We thank you for the mercy seat that you have placed her on, Father God, that keeps her humble. You have created a Zion in her, Father God, that people will be fed through the masses. We thank you for every ministry you have placed in her belly, Father God. Continue to provide the provision, Father God. Continue her connection with the right people, Father God. We ask these many blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.